Hey, Sales of Nation, it's your host, Tyler Lindley. Today, I have Adam Marks on the podcast. Hey, Adam, how you doing today? Great, excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you on. Adam is the zero to one networker, which we'll get into here in just a second, but he has had a really cool career working in startups, doing a lot of writing, doing a lot of networking, obviously, which is really what we're gonna focus on today is networking and building your personal brand and, and having something exciting that other folks wanna reach out to you about. So what are the most effective ways do you think to network this day and age in 2021? An interesting question because I fell into networking and so when I think about what were the most effective ways for me to start talking to people, initially it was using sources like Twitter. I'm a huge Twitter fiend. That's really where I feel like I cut my teeth. LinkedIn is obviously such a massive tool as well. And the thing about it is that whatever your preferred platform, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever, it's about finding the community and finding the rhythm of the conversation in which you feel most comfortable and in which you can provide value and provide interesting perspectives and create an ongoing dialogue. Mm -hmm. And as you consistently show up to that broader ongoing dialogue, you start to really create connections with some extremely interesting people and influential people, people who you may never have thought that you would have access to, but by virtue of consistently showing up, and providing value and providing empathetic and interesting perspectives, suddenly that access is open. Mm-hmm. And, and that, so I, that's part of what I love about platforms like Twitter, like LinkedIn, is that's very doable. Mm-hmm. You talk about finding this community. I feel like that's so important is to find the group within the group. Obviously, there's millions of people online, but you want to find the community, that smaller group that you can, you resonate with and that it's maybe your target audience, or maybe it's just folks that you think a lot alike and you, and you can learn from them. How, if I'm just getting started learning how to network online, how do I find that community that's right for me? So I love that question because I, I think about that all the time. And, and we said we were going to get into it. Part of the mentality of the brand that I'm building with this, the zero to one networker, it's more than just a brand to me. It's a perspective on the world. And I'm of the opinion that anybody could build an amazing network. Anybody could build a highly engaged, influential network. Really what it takes is conversations and dialogues and patience and humility and empathy. These are ideas that seem ambiguous until the day they're not. And then you look back and you go, oh, okay, I get it. So When I consult with clients, when I talk to people, I say things like focus on 10 months, not two weeks. It takes that kind of time period to get a really interesting rapport going and to create value over a long period of time. And so the question is, how do I go from zero to one? How do I do it? And that's part of what I do is I teach people how to build networks from scratch, how to get in front of the people whom you want to get in front of. When I first got into tech and startups, I didn't know anybody. I can't stress that enough. I didn't know where the computer science building was on my campus. So me being in tech, I studied art and history. The concept of being in tech startups was like, yeah, cute, really. But now some of the people who are now really close friends of mine were the people who were influential to me as tech journalists or venture capitalists or other founders, people whom I felt so inspired by 
that if they liked one of my tweets, that was enough for the day. Mm. The concept of talking to these people seems so far out of reach, but oftentimes it's not as far out of reach as we perceive it to be. Yes, some people are still fundamentally out of reach, but there are so many talented, interesting, engaged people who are accessible. They're accessible through these strategies like patience, consistent value creation, consistent dialogue, consistent empathy that seem really ambiguous, but that's how you get to know somebody. So showing up and saying, hey, buy my service. I might very well buy your service, but that's not to me, that's not a way to get the conversation going. Mm -hmm. The goal of any conversation is to get to the next conversation. So I, I find that that kind of flies in the face of some of this business gospel, which I think I understand the, the premise behind, but I think it gets taken to an extreme. So like the idea of always have an ask, right? We've all heard that. Certainly business people have heard that. Don't go into a conversation without having an ask. Mm -hmm. But I think it gets taken to an extreme of, okay, you got to close the deal on that call. Is it going to happen? Do you want it? Yes or no? In or out? Give me your money kind of a thing. And it's just not a good feeling. It doesn't foster a conversation. It doesn't foster a, a mutual dialogue of like, how can we collaborate? How can we do some good business together? Mm -hmm. So when I talk about non-transactional networking, I am not saying don't do business. Do business. Business is good. But create a dynamic where people want to come back to the conversation. My goal is so that anybody wants to pick up my phone call. They want to answer my email. And by getting to that next conversation, we may be exploring business opportunities that had never even occurred to me before mm -hmm. because things change. Factors change around you. So that's what going from zero to one means is it, it starts. There's a big difference between being on the periphery of the universe and not existing at all. Mm -hmm. If you aren't part of the dialogue, you objectively don't exist. Yep. I loved your point there. The goal of any conversation is the next conversation. I think that applies in networking. That applies to sales. Really, it applies to life. Oh, absolutely. You think about it with friends or with family or with anybody. The goal is, is to continue that conversation. If it's truly someone that you can learn from or that you care about, that should be the goal instead of closing someone on every deal. I think especially this would resonate with a lot of B2B sales leaders out there and revenue leaders who are listening that they're taught to always be driving towards the close. And I think that's important, but as things get more complex, you've got more buyers involved than ever before. You've got more people doing research online than they ever have before because there's so much information out there that they can go grasp. They don't need that sales rep to learn about your product or your service or your pricing. You really do need to use those conversations to sell those differences as to why they should choose you over someone else. And I think how you sell is really important. It's not just what you sell, it's how you sell. And how you sell is in those conversations. So there, there are so many things that spider web out from that. And I'll use like a writing example. There are certain writers that I enjoy reading, certain journalists, let's say, who I enjoy reading. Mm -hmm. And they happen to work for company A, right? That's just who they happen to work for right now. But I'm so much a fan of their writing, their style, their way of telling the narrative that if they were to leave that job and go to another company, I'm going to follow them wherever they go because I'm interested in their content, not necessarily only in the banner under which they happen to be writing. 
that might be that as well, but I'm objectively going to make my first priority following where is this talent going? And the same I think is true for sales reps or for customers. It becomes much more personal. Who you want to do business with? I, my, my father told me this when I was like in fifth or sixth grade, and it's still true. People make excuses to do business with people they like. Mm-hmm. And they make excuses to not do business with people they don't like. That's just an objective reality in life. And one of the axioms of networking that I think about all the time is, I'll go back to this idea of being on the periphery of the universe versus not existing. When you feel like you're on the periphery of the universe, maybe you're at 50 followers on Twitter and you feel there are all these people around you and they have huge followings and it's trying not to get stepped on by the giants thing. Yeah, I understand how daunting that can feel. I've built numerous networks in music, in film, Twitter, LinkedIn, in politics, just from scratch. So I've done it numerous times, and I understand how it feels every time when you feel like you're starting from zero. But there is such a big difference, even when you are getting into the conversation, one dialogue, one comment, then another comment, then consistent conversations. It is way easier to move from that periphery to the center of the universe okay, the center of the conversation, then it is to to go from not existing to existing. That is the the hardest hurdle that people sometimes have a hard time getting over. Building a network is like building credit, Mm -hmm. right? Financial credit. Let's talk about finance. Building a network is like building financial credit because the best time to do it is when you don't need it. It's when you're doing it just because it's a good habit to have. So walking into a bank that you've never stepped foot in and saying to the bank manager, I need a hundred grand in a loan. And they look at you and go, I've never seen you before. Why would I give you a hundred grand? I have no idea what your credit is. I have no idea what your history is. Are you a difficult customer? I, I have no idea. The same is true with a, with a network. Why would I give you any sort of an introduction? Why would I take time to read your piece? Why would I do anything when we've never had a conversation? Why would I post your product or your startup or I may end up becoming the biggest evangelist for your startup. I may may go out and do writing and bring people to it. But unless I understand that there's something more behind it, that I'm more than just a bottom line, a factor in the bottom line, I'm not incentivized because there isn't mutual value. Mm -hmm. And so you go out, you create value before you ask for it. And that opens up all kinds of amazing doors. Mm-hmm. Patience, patience, patience really pays massive dividends. Yeah, I love it. I love building a network is like building credit. It reminds me of Gary V's jab, 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 right hook, you know, making these deposits and adding value before you just bring that ass, before you go for the close. You definitely at some point, right. money has to exchange hands and you need to make a sale to keep the lights on and to, key and to pay the bills. But at the end of the day, you need to do it tactfully. You need to do it because most folks are going directly. I connect with somebody immediately. Here's what I offer. Are you are you looking to buy versus I connect with somebody. I'm looking to get to know you. Here's some value I've already added that I thought might resonate with you. Let me continue to add that value over time. For folks that aren't, maybe who don't, because you're talking about a content-driven networking strategy where you're mm-hmm. using thought leadership. You're using these jab, jab, jabs before you throw in the right hook. For folks that like haven't done a ton of that, it sounds like a lot of writing, Like you probably have the ability to naturally create content. For others, it may be more difficult. What would you suggest to those folks who aren't used to creating content? How can they develop that muscle and use that tactfully while they're networking? 
So I love that question because it's two questions in one, the way I hear it. And I love, and I want to pick, pick apart both of those. The first thing I want to say is I fundamentally believe anyone can build a fantastic network. So when I do consulting, let's say consulting with uh, individual clients, I do consulting with individuals and teams and companies and whatever, but let's say individual clients, oftentimes one of the most common things that I hear and that I see is somebody saying, well, I'm introverted. I'm shy. It's very daunting. I'm just not a good networker. I'm just not good at it. It's okay. And I understand that. And I will work with that person in a heartbeat over somebody who, let's say, just there's some people who just genuinely don't like people. And (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to sit there and judge it, but it's just really not. I can't work with somebody like that because if you just genuinely don't like people, I can't teach you how to get better and more comfortable at at talking to people. Mm -hmm. It's like trying to fit a a square peg into a round hole. It's not going to work. There are some people who are arrogant in their approach. And I say arrogant, not confident. Confidence is good. Confidence is the goal. But arrogance of, oh, I have nothing left to learn. Why should I waste my time? Why are you or why is somebody worth this money? X, Y, Z. Listen, this stuff works. Okay. It's not, I'm not going to spend time trying to validate. It does work. It doesn't work. It does work. The ship is leaving the pier. You're either on the ship or not on the ship. That's, and so I would much rather work with somebody who says, listen, I recognize this value. I'm really not confident. I have a real problem speaking in front of people or generating conversation or feeling comfortable talking. And it's not just like startup people. It could be people who work in bigger companies. They feel less confident about talking about things when there's supervisors in the room or if the CEO or, or, or the head of financing is in the room or something like that. How do I provide an interesting and valuable perspective when you know I'm not the head of the company? And this is all very doable. And I understand that those are very unique circumstances. Part of what I do, it's halfway in between being a therapist and being a personal trainer. There's a lot of talking involved and reframing how we can think about things. A lot of it is reframing. Tell me a little bit more about that intersection between being a therapist and a personal trainer, Adam. What do you mean by that? Well, so there's there's the part of it that's a lot of dialogue, a lot of reframing. A lot of the consulting I do, let's say via Zoom, is a lot of conversation. It's a lot of talking about situations and how to approach those situations. So there's a lot of conversation about reframing. Let's say, okay, my boss or my supervisor said this and it feels like it's not going to be a good thing. It feels like they're having a whole company get together and I get very nervous and I just don't want to be there. It's very common, very understandable feeling. But if we reframe how that is, it's a get together. Nobody's being terminated, presumably. It's just a team meeting kind of a thing. And yes, you might be dealing with some nervousness and some stress over that. But the way to approach it and reframe it is, listen, these people, we all have a common goal, right? The common goal is to create a better workplace, to create better bottom line, more opportunity. By reframing that and not feeling so personally attacked when it's not an attack, you can start to ease up off the throttle and start to say, okay, maybe I'm going to share this idea. Maybe this is a way that I can share this perspective on how we can improve this process. Mm -hmm. Maybe there is a dispute 
within a team. And this is how I go about saying, listen, okay, I understand that we have different mindsets about this. Here's the goal. How do we bridge this gap and get to the common goal and get this project finished and out the door? So that's part of it. The part of it that's more the personal trainer aspect is those long-term thing, which is creating and changing habits. So having conversations, I will talk to anybody. I love talking to people. It's fun and energetic and energizing for me. I understand other people aren't that way, but there are little things that people can do in their habits that will change their trajectory. So for example, commenting and sharing, sharing content, and not just, this is a great link, right? Sharing content on your preferred social network, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and tagging the author and saying, wow, this is a great article on marketing. I really love the way that Jen and tag her, give her credit at the very top. I really love the way that Jen outlined these three ideas, or this was great. I put together a plan based on these two or three suggestions. Mm -hmm. Sharing content is wonderful. I actually wrote an article last year about, I ended up going viral on LinkedIn to the tune of 1.6 or 7 million views over the course of like 12 posts, just by sharing content, just by saying, wow, this is a great post, or I really love what, what he was talking about here. There's a personal trainer aspect in it because I can tell you these things work. But if you get off the treadmill and then sit on the couch and have beer and pizza and don't consistently do these things, it's not going to change long term. Right. Can't do the work for you. Can show you what the possibilities can be. You got to motivate yourself and say, yes, I can build this network and it's going to take time, time and patience. You mentioned commenting and sharing there, Adam. What other things would you recommend folks to do on the front end to dip their toes into some of this networking and content creation and putting themselves out there and starting to do some of these things besides commenting and sharing, are there other things that are easy, quick wins that folks could use to really start to implement this process? It's different things on different platforms. In my experience, commenting really wins on LinkedIn. It just is one of those, one of those secret things. And if you really want to get into LinkedIn, the very first thing I'd say is LinkedIn is one in the comments. Mm -hmm. Twitter is more fun for me because I enjoy like referential humor. So I tell people I have built a criminally stupid network (laughs) on the back of like friends clips and boy meets world gifts. It should be criminal. Thank God it's not, but it should be. To answer your question, what else can people do consistently? I love looking for the side entrances. So looking for collaborations, looking for ways I can give feedback. So if somebody's posting and saying, Hey, I'm working on this article, I'd love to get some feedback. Am I, writing something that's interesting or going in the right direction, or are there things that you would like to hear more of? Taking time to read a draft of an article, it could be a page, could be a couple of pages. And I say that as I know time is valuable. I do writing, I do editing. I understand that reading time is also valuable. But if, you're, if your goal is to meet people, a great way to do that is by creating value for people. So you could be creating value through creating your own content, You could be creating value through responding to somebody else's content, engaging with a podcast episode, saying, I loved hearing about this from this guest, or I loved when you as the host did this that was different than the last time, because that creates a possibility for an extended dialogue. Mm -hmm. And so by creating that, you then have an avenue down which to move the conversation. 
And it can go in all kinds of interesting directions. But at some point, you have to start the conversation. It's right. got to start somewhere. That's probably the hardest part is just starting it. I think if you can develop that muscle, then you can get better at conversations, better at who to reach out to. But you've got to practice starting them. It's a bit like prospecting right. in sales. Right. So you've got to, sometime you've got to pick up the phone. <laughs> right. And, and, and recognize like networking isn't sales by nature. It may lead to sales, but networking isn't sales. And I actually, I tweeted about this morning because I had this experience last week where somebody sent me a message on LinkedIn and it was really unique. It was a unique opening. And I was thinking to myself, I'm going to get back to this person. And then there was a follow-up message, which was like a day later, like now you're trying to sell me something. Mm -hmm. And even then I was like, okay, maybe if they pull their foot off the throttle a little bit off the gas, then like, all right. And then it became by Thursday, it was like, have you seen my last message? And then it was like, are you okay? Like, I'm fine. I have my own life. Okay. Everyone's got their own life. They got car payments and pick up the kids and make dinner. There's a million good reasons why I haven't gotten to your message yet. So in four messages, this person went from, I'm making a mental note to go back to them specifically to, I'm not going to respond. Mm. They killed it in four messages by not being patient. And that's a travesty because it didn't need to happen. It's very avoidable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great point. We could go on and on. We definitely, could just go on and yeah, on. but I want to know if my listeners want to find out more about you online, what's the easiest way to do so? So my handles on Twitter and on LinkedIn are at AdamMarks13. Usually on LinkedIn, for sure. I'm, I'm always the guy with the orange sunglasses. I build all my content around this new idea, this zero to one network. Or on Twitter, it's also zero to one network, I believe, is where I'm dropping all these tips. And I'm excited to, to be dropping more and working with people and collaborating with people. That's what I get up in the morning for. Awesome. Yeah, we'll link to those in the show notes. Really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Adam. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the, T-H-E, sales, S-A-L-E-S, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas plus action equals results. You've got new ideas. Now it's time to take action and the results will follow. See you next time.